0: All right, we're back with another episode of the 132 Breeze podcast. It is Father's Day, Casey. Happy Father's Day to you.
1: Thank you, Marlo, you as well. And happy Father's Day to all our uh, fellow fans who are uh, fathers, soon to be fathers, hoping to be fathers. Uh, Happy Father's Day to all of you.
0: All right. Did you do anything unique today for Father's Day?
1: Uh nothing unique today just a normal family thing but yesterday we went to Six Flags we did a family trip down to Six Flags Great America down in uh, what is that in Gurney down there Gurnee Illinois that's yeah that's right crossing so, the border that's right and <laughs> I was driving through and let me tell you it's sure it's a couple miles but <laughs> it's like driving down and it's a different different uh like a different country to me sometimes uh, we
0: took... it's literally like Gurney shares a border pretty yeah. much with Wisconsin
1: yeah uh, so we took our uh, almost two and a half year old son it was a, a, a company uh, picnic type thing you know we got ah. discounted tickets and stuff so that's why we decided to give it a try and uh, you know on the discount with the discount if he didn't like it we could just leave and, and whatever who cares uh, it was I'd say 50-50 it was definitely a different experience going with my son, then, yep. you know, I, and it was a lot more enjoyable, I guess I'd say this, for any of you not fathers out there, uh, and if you would have talked to me two days ago, I would have said, that sounds like the most miserable thing to go and watch your kid go on rides. Uh, 100%. That's what I was thinking. Yep. And, it, and I was there, up. I'd say, up until two, day, two days ago, but it was actually really enjoyable to a couple of them, you get to go on with them. It's not like, you know, you're going on Raging Bull or anything, but like, you're going on these little kitty rides and stuff, and just seeing his reactions was was really fun, and it was really fun just to spend the day kind of hanging out with him and, and seeing how he took to some of the rides, and I'd say that the rides were 50-50. Some of them he liked, and just, you know, the car ones that went in circles, these kind of easy ones, but anything that went up and down or, <laughs> or a little too fast, he would get this, like, grab onto the handlebar and, like, crouch down, and he's, like, shaking, and, oh, it was... It sounds bad to say really cute because he was terrified.
0: <laughs> no, it's cute to watch your kids but, fear. It really
1: yeah, is. Yeah, just right on their face. <laughs> as he, uh, but he was a—he would get off that ride and want to go on the next one right away, even if he, if he didn't like that previous one. So it was a lot of fun to kind of see him through that. Um, now we were only there for a couple hours, and then we had a you know free picnic. So it was a good little day. I don't know how it would be kind of on a normal uh f- full day uh when you go down there but it was fun uh but exhausting because it was it was hot uh, oppressively hot
0: yeah it was in the yeah. 90s yesterday so uh, so that, but anyway,
1: that's... that was our trip to six flags so that was our unique experience for the weekend
0: that is impressive you get all the gold stars maybe the dad of the year trophy because that is i can't i That's like the one thing I fear, like going to like Disneyland or something in the heat and just (laughs) sitting in lines and watching the kids go. Um, So props to you.
1: There weren't really lines. We just went in the kiddie area. So there were barely any kids there. So he just got to go on the rides and there's little like jungle gyms and stuff for him to play on too. So it wasn't as bad as I imagined like when he'll be like eight and want to go and wait in those 45 minute and hour lines. Yeah That
0: I think would be more of So I still have that To look forward to So happy yeah, Father's so, Day <laughs> Happy Father's Day Many more to come Yeah Alright Alright yeah We just went We had we had brunch today Yesterday We took him to the beach uh For the first time Okay And the beach The water won He got in about knee high It was having a lot of fun Until the wave hit him in the face Ooh And then it was over It was over <laughs> It was over He was out uh, but funny. he loved the sand, so that was uh, that was pretty much the Father's Day experience. It was a good one. It was hot, like you said, um, but we enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, settling down, and the only other thing we had going on is starting to feel that World Cup fever. All right, <laughs> all right, World Cup kicking off um, on Thursday after our little bonus episode yeah. that Casey so graciously put together. Um. Dude, I caught it. I caught the fever. I didn't think I was going to <laughs> with USA not in it, but showed up. Uh, you know, Thursday we had the TV going in, in our office. Yeah, uh, for that to, great to Russia Saudi it. Arabia game. The Woo! great Russia, <laughs> <big laughs> the nail biter that was <laughs> Russia yeah. Saudi Arabia. But Russia's going to win. Russia's uh, going to yeah. win the whole thing. Uh, okay, just that's my <laughs> hot take.
1: Yeah. Well, I think they'll they got a more than a good chance at winning their group. So. They'll they'll have a, a good seed and whatnot going forward. I wouldn't take them much farther than that, though. I think it's more so Marlo, that there's really nothing else going on that year to oh, yeah. to, to focus your attention that's, on. That's
0: that's so much part. And you know what? The timing works out too. Yeah, because I really like that the games are like in the morning, but not like you know like two in the morning. Right. Starts like seven in the morning, and they kind of and they kind of tailor off around you know the last ones usually like one or whatever. Yeah, one or two. Yeah. And it's you know it's nice during the work time. it's like all right, well, even if I blow off the full part of the morning, still got rest of the day and so it's the same thing on the weekend, it's like I get yeah. up and there's free sports on that's uh, right, so it's not yeah, it's not half bad,
1: yeah, and the the games were pretty pretty good this weekend. I think we had the uh game of the tournament though on Friday uh Spain and Portugal uh three three draw uh and Going in, I think this was the most anticipated game going into the first round or the group stages uh, when we looked at the matchups, uh, and it certainly delivered with uh, Ronaldo scoring a hat trick, scoring on a penalty kick, uh, another shot from the top of the box where the goalie had a pretty big mistake on, and uh, then finishing up with a 88-minute Free kick to seal the tie. Uh, Spain had an amazing goal too uh, from Nacho hitting it on the half volley uh, into uh, the upper corner. It was an amazing shot, or off the post, excuse me, uh, which was an amazing shot. So a lot of excitement there. Um, I think that one that's going to be hard to beat for game of the tournament.
0: So Ronaldo scores three, all three of their goals. It's the hat trick, right? Yeah. And this was my crush. First of all. First of all, it's not fa- being Ronaldo is not fair. It's <laughs> worse than the Tom Brady effect. Like, the dude is amazing at soccer, gets paid a lot of money, and you know, yeah. he's pretty good looking. Does all right uh, for himself. Yeah, <laughs> he does okay. But so this came to mind when he had all three of his team's goals and, and everyone was freaking out. Yeah. The internet was going crazy. But where the hell, like, no one talked about where the hell is the rest of his team? And it just kept, th- I, all that came in my head was like LeBron like what? <laughs> like it's this amazing player and he has to do everything and they end up with the draw which we'll get to in a minute about how that's okay in soccer. Yeah. Um but like he did everything and that's it, it, it everyone's like oh he's great. Um but where the hell is the rest of his team? <laughs>
1: yeah, and we talked about going into the tournament that uh, if Portugal Portugal's going to do well it's going to have to it seems like it's going to have to be Ronaldo, Ronaldo doing it. Uh, the team is kind of set up to feed him up top, uh, so that's part of the reason why it seems like he's doing everything because they are that's their plan. They they have to go through him if they're going to produce uh, chances and, and score goals. Um, in this game, it really just boiled down on, on Portugal's attacking side. It really boiled down to a couple plays where he was able to do Ronaldo things early on in the game where he does a step-over move and creates contact in the box, and then later in the game where he has the strength to hold off the defender and create the free kick that he then is one of, if not the best in the world, that converting that, uh, bending it up over the wall, and then dipping it under the uh, under the crossbar into the corner. I mean, it just speaks to his real skill set, and, and the team is set up to get the most out of him because that's how they're going to be successful. And it was surprised that they did it against Spain, who is one of the best all around teams. So (laughs) I I don't know if that means that Portugal is set to have a really good world cup and, and and go on from here. Or if it speaks to Spain or uh, Spain's uh, ability to concede, I don't know. (laughs) Um, We'll see, but it it definitely sets up kind of both of those narratives as a possibility.
0: With that, it'd be, you know, this week began the Explain It to Marlo. I, pr- I pretty much start texting <laughs> you on Thursday, like, oh, what are all these rules again? Yeah. <laughs> how does, how does, the, how does the, uh, the pool play work? All that stuff. Yeah. Um, so I got a couple takeaways that maybe you could, well, I have a couple takeaways and some things you might be able to explain to me. Okay,
1: and I'll try. <laughs> okay,
0: well, the first thing I noticed, I noticed I, I'm sure I notice every year, but I seemed like this year the sideline has really comfy seats. It looks yeah. like they have Mayback seats for benches. Yeah. Like what is that about? <laughs> uh, that's just
1: uh, just how how soccer is they have uh plush seating even at like some of the uh you know nice venues across England or I guess across the world the the players and the, the substitutes have like the best seats in the house their bench is up in the stands and they have you know the really comfy seats you know to make sure that they're ready and able to perform so Yeah. That's... It's it's actually pretty funny. Like at uh, Old Trafford, where Manchester United plays, uh, if the manager is up sitting in the stands, essentially, or sitting in the team area, he has to like come down some stairs and get to the touch line. So it's like a process <laughs> to get down there to where he can instruct his team, and then he'll go back and, and sit up behind uh, in in essentially in the stands. So it's that's pretty common in in soccer. Yeah,
0: yeah. When I first saw it, that was just some like I thought they were like front row seats that no one was sitting in, and I, mm. then I realized it was actually like sideline seats. For the players and yeah. the coaches. Which was know. Uh, and then just, half of them are warming up off on the side. It's different, yeah. It's like in you know, like in football, like the, I think like football is the best seats of the American sports where they have like those heated ones, those heated benches. Yeah. And those are that's, that's about as good as it gets.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's still benches. I yeah, there's still benches. In, um, basketball they have the the padded yeah. folding chairs. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um the other thing was like like what game was that but i saw it where the penalty a penalty got reviewed like a penalty yeah. can get reviewed didn't realize that was a thing is that pretty new
1: yeah that's new uh this year in the world cup so uh it's called uh var video assistant yeah. referee uh and they can go to that on uh goals uh penalties uh in off I guess to review even build up to uh goals in the Spain game they had they went back and reviewed a penalty on uh Diego Costa uh he scored a goal a really great goal um but they went yeah. back earlier in the build up to see if he had committed a foul I think he did but the referee kind of decided it wasn't egregious enough or something to award that so that's something that's new this year um in the World Cup
0: Yeah, was it France and Australia where they gave him the penalty kick? Yeah, France, they
1: gave him uh, a penalty kick that wasn't awarded by the referee. They went back and looked at it on uh, VAR and gave him it. And then also in the France game, they awarded a goal that wasn't originally given on goal line technology. So both of France's goals in a two-to-one victory were assisted (laughs) by technology. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's so, in our world, in my world, seems so crazy because like even when in the finals when they changed the charge block yeah you know and that's a, it's a judgment call or whatever and yep. but they changed the review and how many people lost their shit over that <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. like how you can go back and you know change reviews now and how like how much baseball I had to go through just to do safe and out um right for reviews so it's just it was like it just boggled my mind well, i was I'm, like oh my god
1: i'm sure people in australia the socceroos were losing their shit over uh France being awarded the penalty. Yeah. Uh, But I'd say that one thing I think so far uh, that the World Cup has done really well is that these reviews are done pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, So I guess on, on the good side, it seems like they're done quickly. We don't have... You know, the referee's having to go over and look at a TV and stop play like the NBA does, and it takes forever to we look at a million replays in slow motion. They showed right. a couple times in slow motion. They stare at the referee. The referee has somebody else telling them the decision. It happens pretty quickly within the game. Uh, on the other side, it's usually just us staring at the referee while he's, like, holding his finger to his earpiece <laughs> waiting to get the call. So it's <laughs> not great television, but it moves it along, and, you know, it gets – it right, and I think that's what's uh, important, especially in something as as big as the World Cup. Can you imagine the NFL? They just well.
0: replayed like every play to see if someone's holding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be yeah, <laughs> it'd be ridiculous. And you um, know,
1: instead of running over and looking at you know more of the college model, but even quicker than that, it yeah. would be you know exactly. how I would describe this.
0: Um But that ring my next point. I think penalty kicks are stupid. <laughs> I, I it's just it's just too, like they seem. It's the advantage goes to the to the kicking team way too, you know I, in in my opinion well from what I see I guess yeah it goes to the to the to the kicker cause It's really it's super close mm-hmm. um although your boy Messi yes <laughs> went yeah. up it was um, not a great moment not not a good one but it seems like it's a high percentage on the penalty kicks uh, it is it it's it's a it's a
1: very harsh uh, some of. Uh, my other non-soccer friends uh, complain about this a lot too. That it's such a harsh penalty uh, to give on a you know a somewhat innocuous foul or a handball. You know, in in the case of yeah. the Spain Portugal game in the second minute, he's on the very corner of the box. and makes a move and um, does get fouled, but it's a very harsh award to essentially give. Portugal and Ronaldo taking it a ninety five percent chance at a goal or whatever it is right Uh, and I agree that in in a game where usually uh, you know one goal is is extremely significant you know in Spain Portugal there went on to be six which is a little bit uncommon Um, and I agree that it is harsh but it's you have to as a defender and as a soccer player you learn kind of that that's the way that it is and you have to defend a certain way and you have to you know make sure that your hands aren't in an unnatural position that sort of thing so you it's it's it is harsh but you kind of learn that and have to be aware of that um i guess is my defense for that i yeah. I, I guess that's the position i am and i agree that it is harsh in some in some instances but you have to be aware of that as a defender and you have to know that that's that's the situation and it goes both that's the way that it is in the game on both sides of the field um you know, it's not always yeah. necessarily the team that's normally attacking. It could be a quick counter that gets a iffy call, and and he goes down and makes a big impact on the game.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I but I agree with that. I think it's too it's way too harsh for a game that is low scoring in itself to give that type of. What it it almost amount to me? It looks like it almost amounts to free throw, not knowing anything. Just just seeing how high a percentage it is. Because mm-hmm. um, like I feel like I would take. Um, you kicking a penalty kick against these <laughs> goalies, of uh, at least four times out of ten.
1: Yeah, uh, sure, four <laughs> times out of ten. I thought you were going to give me a higher number than that, but yeah, I'd I, I'd say that it, it, it's more than likely uh, to go in. And like I said, in the case of of Ronaldo or some of the great penalty kick takers, um yeah. you'd think it'd be a little bit higher. Um, but I. <sighs> It's just when you're committing fouls in that area, to not give that type of penalty, that significant of a penalty, you would see a lot more fouls and a lot more uh defenders taking chances to stop goals to try and prevent goals than you see now. Yeah, so I think it's I can see that while but- it's Uh, harsh when it does get called the effect that it has on the defenders to prevent them i guess the the preventative nature of it uh, Hmm. allows for more goals elsewhere yeah in in other circumstances that you otherwise wouldn't think otherwise you would just take down the defender if you just got like a corner kick or something (laughs) or you got just a regular free kick outside of the box you would just knock the defender over why not (laughs) why not you, you don't have as big of a it's like penalty. it's like
0: passing interference in college. If he's going to get a exactly. touchdown, just do the pass interference and take the yep. fifteen.
1: Yep, you're beat. You just grab his jersey and say, yeah. "Oh well, I'll give him the fifteen yards." So you see a lot more of that in college than you do in the NFL. It, it'd be a kind of a similar. That's why it's so harsh, I think.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I don't know if I'm sold, but moving on. <laughs> um, the, the one thing I noticed too is that the refs see, are super unprotected. They seem like the most unprotected. Uh, like refs in in any game, and they seem to be super. Like, they seem to be easily influenced by players' reaction which um, I don't, like I I just it seems most like the way players react. It's most like the NBA where they complain yeah. about a lot. <laughs> yeah, but it seems like some of their complaints actually get rewarded at times, which as an outsider kind of looks strange.
1: Yeah, and it can, and and certain referees have um. I mean, when we're looking at the World Cup, we're seeing the best referees from around the world, presumably. Um, and I think in a lot of cases, that does bear out. Uh, and you can see them get affected by the flow of the game, much like you can in, in the NBA. Uh, but I think at this level, the referees are pretty good at handling kind of the criticism. I think in the uh, Germany-Mexico game today, you saw uh, the referee get a lot of grief from both teams I mean I, I remember seeing one play where I don't even know what it was called I don't know if it was called against Mexico and Germany but they like panned out and like eight players around the referee four in each team had their hands up like you gotta be kidding me like come on like either they didn't like one thing or the other so as a referee you get that a lot uh and I don't know how much that ends up affecting the game uh or their decision making and if a player does you know complain a lot or uh you know Constantly go down or, uh, you know, ask for calls. It can also work against them. I think it was in the Nigeria game where Victor Moses was going down so easily and complaining at the beginning of the game. The ref just didn't call stuff against him like the whole game so he had to you know in that case you kind of want you're watching it going learn they're not going to call that you know we have to be a little tougher on the ball um and he didn't and he kept kind of going down and putting his arms up and saying why didn't didn't i get a call so i think it works both ways it can help or hurt a player as they complain to the referee but they are in the midst of the game and there's only one of them out there yeah so that's yeah they're more isolated than uh an NBA team or a group of referees in the NFL.
0: I got you. Um, what, last thing, it's just a, uh, just kind of a statement, because I had texted you about this, um, yeah. asking, it was during the France and Australia game uh, with the, who are these announcers? Um, and it's because one of them, I said, and I'll, I'll read this quote for you, and it says, an opening loss versus France is not the worst outcome. Yeah. How is that a thing? How is how is losing not the worst outcome? I know, so, well, I know, so, I know yeah. Australia. I know France was supposed to win. I get that part. I yeah. know Australia was a, an underdog, but an opening loss for France is not the worst outcome. That is the worst sentence I could ever hear in sports. <laughs> well, it's not. It's not
1: the worst outcome. What's the worst outcome possible? Tur- Everyone dies. Well, I don't get it. <laughs> it is. You're right. It's the worst outcome for that game. <laughs> yeah like that there, there cannot be you either when you lose or you tie and losing is the worst of those three outcomes that are possible um i guess the the context of that though is if you're in france's group you presume that france is you kind of make the assumption that france is going to beat everybody they should um so losing to france isn't the worst if you comparative to if you started against another member of the group and had lost to them and still have France on your schedule. That would be worse than uh-huh. already losing to France. Okay. So that's kind of what it means. And that's kind of, I think we talked a little bit about uh, you know, ties being okay and ties, you know, like our teams playing for a tie if a tie is like a tie for um Iceland and we'll talk about this maybe in a little bit, is yeah. a really Good result against Argentina, whereas a tie for Argentina is a bad result against Spain because of expectations, because of where they want to lie, uh, expect to lie in in the end of group stage and kind of the other players um, in in the group, other teams in the group. So you kind of all, take that all into consideration. So when you say that that's not the worst result, it sounds dumb in the context of the game, but in the context of the tournament or the group stage, it that's I think what the announcer is. Okay.
0: Well, sorry, I didn't get the announcer's name, so I can't give them full credit, but yeah. I, I think that was a terrible sentence put together. <laughs> just for the record. <laughs> um, but anyway, some of the results of the World Cup from this past weekend.
1: Yeah, I was surprised by a couple of the results. We saw some of the, um, I guess, power or, or favorites, uh, whatever you want to call them, those teams struggle in the opening games, which is really unusual usually when we get to the world cup and usually and in, in the group stage the you know top tier teams really assert themselves in the group um you know so your germany's spain's brazil's you argentina's you'd expect them to come out and just do well in their group we talked about earlier spain and portugal tying, argentina tying iceland is an amazing result for iceland and a at the time, it seemed like a disaster for Argentina, um, and Brazil tying Switzerland today was was a really big surprise. But I think the biggest was Mexico beating Germany one zero. Um, watching that game, Germany had the bulk of the chances, the bulk of the ball, uh, but couldn't put one away on Mexico. I guess they didn't. They had a lot of chances, but not too many. I guess quality chances. Uh, whereas Mexico had one really good quality chance, and they and they put it away. Uh, so I'm really surprised. With, I guess, the upsets, uh, or the upset, uh, maybe not upsets, but the, the results with these top teams uh, getting draws. Well, the Mexico Mexico, Mexico,
0: Mexico, and Germany, yeah. uh, that was on Sunday today. I think that's when it hit me that, oh, it's World Cup time, because that was, that was the most emotional fan shots I have seen, and that's when you know World Cup is on, with Mexico going <laughs> crazy, yeah. Germans crying... Um, Mexico Mexico fans being savage they should they you know they have the shot of like some city in Mexico I forget what they had and they were going crazy. Yeah. They had another shot of city in Germany but there seemed to be this little patch of Mexican fans in the middle just going nuts around everyone crying <laughs> and they were super yeah. savage about it. It was like World Cups on.
1: Yeah, it was uh it was pretty crazy. It seemed and the announcers were saying how one side of the fans were at the stadium. They said it was like 80, 20, uh, for Mexico. And it definitely sounded like that. And of course, when your team's winning, you're going to be the louder, more vocal fan base. Um, but yeah, that game definitely had the drama of a much, uh, later game. I think Spain and Portugal was up there too, with kind of how important the game felt. Uh, but Mexico, Germany, especially with Mexico winning and what that means for their chances of advancing in the tournament, um, it it really seemed like something that was more than just kind of an early stage game. So I, I watched, I, I forgot to mention this. I watched the Mexico Germany game, uh, a replay of it. I, <laughs> I had a uh, church this morning, so I was unable to watch it then. So I said, instead of following along, I'm going to actually try and pay attention in church and I'm going to <laughs> watch it when I get back home, which worked great. It worked <laughs> great. And then, uh, I went over to switch to the Brazil-Switzerland game, which was just wrapping up. And I don't know if you've tried to watch it on online at all, Marlo. When you click on the game, Ooh. it says watch live yeah. or, re- or restart. I right. have two options. Yep. I click the restart button. It goes to a commercial and then stops. <laughs> I go, well, that's that's weird. Let me you know, log in again. I'm going to do it online. And I go in again, watch live or restart. And I hit the restart button. And it takes me right to the final score. (laughs) So I see that Brazil and Switzerland have tied 1-1. So what's the point of watching? I'm like, well, now what am I going to do with my afternoon? And then I was like, oh, yeah, there's golf on. So I survived. There's always sports on So, But I was just like, why am I trying to watch things on, on tape delay or whatever in 2018? Just follow along when it's happening and as best I can and then watch things live. I don't know. Ugh, I'm so mad. Because <laughs> it would have been fun to see uh, it, uh, Brazil, tr- you know, try and go forward and and, and win, being tied 1-1. And yep. I didn't, knowing that they wouldn't. That's right. Not,
0: there's nothing, there's nothing to go before. there.
1: Oh, boy. Yeah. That's what I get,
0: though. Well, I'm sorry that happened. <laughs> I'm sorry, <for> <laughs> sorry. Sorry you couldn't work the computer.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it was the computer's fault, but it's fine.
0: <laughs> technology always wins
1: yeah technology
0: what do you know uh but that game though the, the one of the things that surprised me again has a only like as a soccer fan coming in at the world cup yeah um in every four-year soccer fan. every four-year soccer fan it's just how like this tie between brazil and switzerland like switzerland is excited about this yeah tie. They are. Like the fans are excited, they're cheering, and Brazil is devastated by the tie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. This is a tie. And how it could be such a, a different emotion for you know, especially for the first game.
1: Yeah, I think that's one of the fun things about uh soccer in general, because even in league games and in the World Cup in the group stages, you know, you have this situation where a tie can mean two totally different things. Uh, two different fan bases, uh, and you know we saw that in uh, Argentina, Iceland, and here in, in Brazil, Switzerland. Uh, it real again. You presume that Brazil is going to beat the other two teams in their group. For, so, for Switzerland, this is a huge advantage uh, for them going forward. So I, it's I don't know, I think it's one of the really neat things. And uh, you know I talked to some of our uh, you know other friends who are don't understand why ties can happen and think it's dumb and it's like this is why (laughs) because even though it's literally the game didn't matter right in a sense of like no one's better than the other no one has been defeated it matters in the standings it matters to the fan bases and their reactions Uh, yeah I I think it's one of the neat things
0: yeah it's just different you know it's different to see that's all Um, but yeah do you have anything else uh, wrapping up this past weekend or moving forward
1: excited to have uh, The World Cup here, we're about two-thirds of the way through the group stage. So we have, I think, the group stage going through uh, at least, I guess, well, the rest of the week, but the first games of the group stage going uh, through uh, Monday and Tuesday, and then they'll mix them up and and run them back uh, the following, uh, probably two weeks or so. All right. I'm excited. I'm just excited to have soccer on essentially (laughs) six hours a day for (laughs) a couple (laughs) of weeks here.
0: Yep. For the record, uh, my France team has won a game and Iceland has tied one and they were yep. very scrappy during that that tie against Argentina so I know how to pick them one yeah. thing I am kind of upset about I thought the World Cup song would be more prevalent during all the broadcast because I really got into live it up
1: move it up yeah you only have one life
0: you only got one life and i I don't know. Maybe it's a, it's a Fox thing. They don't want to be hip like that. If it was ESPN still at it, they'd be running the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know that. I I guess I'd say I haven't noticed
1: it at all in anything. <laughs> no, so. I haven't no,
0: I haven't. They haven't I seriously haven't heard it at all. Um except for when I play in the car. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just live it up. But we'll see we'll see as things go forward. Um moving on from the World Cup. Uh I guess we, we used to call like this segment walk around campus. Just kind of random stuff. Yeah. Um. So this is just the stuff that we kind of went on through the week. Uh. The Cubs Brewers played. Yeah. As I know you're aware of. I think. Did you end? Did the Brewers end up? How did that end? How did the series end up?
1: Uh. The Cubs won the first game and and put themselves that put them in first place. Excuse me. And they were all over bragging about how they were in first place. Uh, Cubs <laughs> fans in general. Me. Uh, Cubs media. Uh. In general. And then the Brewers won the next two. So they were. Uh, back on top at the end of the series. I couldn't tell you what it is right now. And I was honestly – so I don't know how you follow baseball, Marlo. Uh Uh, I I try to kind of keep a general sense of how everything is going in baseball, but I'm just usually pretty specific to the Brewers. I know how they did the day before. I know what their record is, that sort of thing. I had no idea that the Cubs were, like, sneaking up on (laughs) them. I had no idea. And here I'm thinking these Brewers are having this – you know which they are, they're having a great season, but here, you know, this magical season so far. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, and then just to all of a sudden turn around in the middle of June and the Cubs are in first place. So the, you know, these soulless Cubs with all their money, uh, (laughs) in first place uh, ahead of the Brewers. Um, uh, it just was, it just was a gut punch. And I was, I was in such a good mood about it, about the whole thing. And then it kind of took some of the fun out, but yeah. Um, it sounds like it's going to be uh, a race. As we talk now, they are tied for first. I and the Cubs first. have somehow played four less games, which is kind huh. of weird. Yeah. Um, so they're tied for first. So it's. Uh, I guess <laughs> I was going to say it, it'll it be a, a good race the rest of the year. I guess I'm hoping it will be because <laughs> I think the Cubs will continue. I think the Brewers have outperformed. Uh, I hope they continue to do well. They. I think they have uh, some sustainable uh, success. Um, I have in the back of my mind. It's just I'm just thinking we're going to finish a game or two behind and then losing the wild card. Oh, boy. so I'm trying to keep that out of my head and just yeah. enjoy a successful season while I'm here. I just yeah.
0: didn't realize the
1: Cubs were that close. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were had a you know a rough to slow start and uh,
0: I don't well, I think. I think the I think the Brewers have taken a mental advantage. I don't know if you heard about this. During that series, they had a they had a game of the Brewers' wives versus the Cubs' wives and girlfriends. Yes, I um, And the Brewers slaughtered the Cubs' wives and girlfriends ten to three. So I think you know they have a little extra. All the Brewers players have a little extra juice at home because they're just like, right. yeah, we can beat them. Why can't you?
1: Yeah, I uh, I sent that to one of our our friends, and the headline was whatever the charity a game that it was was a huge success and this was a chicago newspaper and i said except <laughs> yeah. for the fact that your team got <laughs> beat
0: take that oh man
1: and they're like what
0: who cares
1: <laughs> who, cares? <laughs> who cares? comes <laughs> in <laughs> first place I was like, it's it. the wives
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it that that charity game got so much coverage for yeah like it got it got a, it i had a ton of coverage for like a little softball game between the wives yeah. and girlfriends which I mean, I hope, yeah, they raised a bunch of money, which is good, but, like, the actual play got coverage, which was strange. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, it, anyways, moving on to more things that coverage. you see your boy, Winston Moss, take on the media this week? I did not. Oh, boy. What did Our, he? So, the Packers linebacker coach, Winston Moss. Yeah. He he more than, he more than Bill Belichick, the media. Uh, but the, the media asked him questions such as, um... He was, he was answering questions about, like, they had their OTAs or whatever. Yeah. He was asking questions about the, uh, the progression of Beagle, uh, the progression yeah. of other players. And he was giving lame answers like, uh, he hustles really hard and he's out there playing. Nice. And the media, who I should have got, I don't have his name to credit, Big J journalist, was like, yeah. basically, like, why are you being so mean, man? You used to be really, <laughs> used to be really nice. <laughs> and, you, and your man said, I ain't got time for your silly questions.
1: <laughs> silly questions. Good, get some yeah. of that, that no fun winning mentality that the, the patriots had get that into uh you know it, i think it might be uh <sighs> i think it might be the defensive coordinator Now i'm blanking on his name uh mike patine is that it former bears coach uh browns coach excuse me <laughs> um He's like got a real nonsense attitude with with the team so far, uh, so maybe that's rubbing off on on the linebackers coach, and he therefore he's taking it out on the media. I'm not sure. I did see Vince Beagle though. He has uh, has a new puppy, so oh, congratulations wow. to him. Named it Lambo, and uh, had a cute little picture of it and its first trip to Lambo Field. So nice. it's Lambo at Lambo.
0: This can get suck if he becomes a throwing player in a trade.
1: Yeah, we're just not on the team <laughs> in a couple of years if he can't stay healthy, but. Lambo. That's uh, all right. Yeah, that's okay.
0: Cute. At least it wasn't his kid. Uh, speaking yeah. of Wisconsin players. Yeah. We're going to talk about recruits. Oh, recruiting. Talk about recruits. The one recruit that we know. The one recruit we know. I know. This brings <laughs> it full circle. Our yeah. man, Graham Mertz, who yeah. we re- reference, I don't know, it must have been like episode two or three. Yeah, early on. Early, 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 way early on this podcast. Way back when. Yeah. Before we had microphones, yeah, um, don't,
1: don't don't go back and listen. <laughs> don't, do don't do it. Yeah, don't do it.
0: Anyways, our boy who is, uh who is who wasn't the elite eleven, which I heard he performed really well, was. But anyways, don't go back and listen. We have an elite. We had an elite eleven quarterback who was yeah. coming to Wisconsin, and then as soon as he said that made the elite eleven, like the Florida's, the Ohio State's, the Alabama started coming after him. Yeah. And we questioned if hey is he going to actually be is he actually going to make it to Wisconsin? Well, this man tweeted out that he is shutting down his recruitment like John yeah. Taffer. shut it down, shut it down yeah, he's going to focus on this year, and i i I mean he still has a year to say something he's only a, we've talked about this seventeen eighteen year old kids let them yeah. make their mind up, but it looks like he's shutting it down. he's coming to wisconsin yeah he he tweeted out
1: uh. You know the notebook paragraph, which is kind of <laughs> yeah, the, the the thing. cool thing to do to uh, get around the uh, restrictions on Twitter, the character restrictions. Uh, but said that he's looking forward to building the best recruiting class that Wisconsin has ever seen. So I'll be probably like I don't rank 15th by ESPN. So that's <laughs> exciting. <laughs> that's nice. No, but it's uh you know we always we sit here and we talk about why can't Wisconsin get good quarterback recruits, and it looks like we might have found a, a good one. So I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm excited that he shut it down. It, and, uh, down. Staying yeah. with Wisconsin.
0: Good for him. Good for him for putting it out there. Uh, so yeah, hopefully this year he can bring it on. I guess we'll we'll keep in, we'll keep in touch with Mr. Mertz. Last week we had championship weekend, so that meant this week we had championship parades. Oh yeah. Uh, we saw, we saw Vetchkin going. We we documented the Vetchkin going crazy with the cup. Uh, he had a standout moment of dropping f bombs in his speech. No, it was which, fantastic. Which, which was fantastic, <laughs> in his no-tooth Russian accent. Um, and then also, did you see? Did you see Draymond's little troll of LeBron with his shirt?
1: So this is speak to how you know cool and hip I am. I saw the <laughs> shirt and I did not get it.
0: <laughs> I when I first saw it, I didn't want to say anything because I was like, I don't want to explain the casey. I want to see, you know? <laughs> All right, so this is explained it to Casey. <laughs> oh, great. Um, so it was a big deal in the, uh, like, halfway through the season. Before he, before LeBron made all those trades and got rid of everybody. Yeah. And when they weren't, remember, it was around December. They weren't doing well. Defense sucked. da da da, da. Everyone was talking about it. And LeBron, this is great radio. LeBron, <laughs> LeBron he sent an Instagram of the um, the Arthur meme which explained it to Casey is Arthur with a fist yeah. clenched up with the mean looking fist. And he just, he just said mood right now. I think it was mood right now or, or mood, right? Yeah. One of the two. Okay. Uh, so, it's and then every, and it was just, a, it was a sub you know, everyone okay. every, like the internet went crazy. Main media went crazy about what does this mean? Yeah. And how like he was being sub sub tweeting stuff.
1: So, so I mean, now with he, his and help. he has it with, the, yeah, the three rings on it now yeah he has uh, it with three
0: rings and it just says mood and that was fantastic
1: got him yeah <laughs> yeah got him <laughs> got
0: him <laughs> i love that he's I the was... only one wearing that shirt too. everyone else had like <laughs> how long do you think he thought about that shirt like making i mean that...
1: uh, how long do you you probably can pay extra expedite you know a, yeah. a screen
0: a t-shirt screen printer whatever it is Yeah. Uh,
1: in at least a couple of days. I would
0: right. Think. I, you think it's one of those things that came up when they're like, you know, on the way on either partying there or on the way or like on the plane back. Yeah. And they <laughs> start thought, talking about shit. It's
1: like, remember when LeBron tweeted this out months ago or if like <laughs> months ago, he's like, I'm going to screenshot that and save that. <laughs> I could use this in the future.
0: Yeah. I don't know. The NBA It's hard off to get the inside court. the mind of a troll. I yeah, I'm not sure. Exactly. The NBA off the court is so entertaining in itself. <laughs> just all the pettiness and the stupid shit that goes on. And that was that really took the cake. I when I first saw it, I was like I almost like started rolling on the ground. It was funny. Get on to more current stuff. We had the US yeah. open.
1: Yeah. Speaking of sports that are entertaining off the court. <laughs> no, just kidding. Not
0: entertaining off. No. <laughs> not entertaining
1: (laughs) yeah the u.s open was this weekend as you mentioned uh
0: and did you did you watch at all no i watched a little bit yesterday on saturday okay um and then mostly like there's actually because i once like tiger teed off and got a triple bogey on hole one yeah i was out (laughs) yeah he was i was out i'm like i'm not paying attention anymore
1: he was uh he had a triple bogey and a double bogey on the first tee uh on Thursday and Friday, so I think without yeah. that he would have obviously made the cut. But I think <laughs> it's brutal, yeah, uh, brutal first hole for him. Uh, well, your boy Brooks Kepka went on to win, so that's back to back U.S. Opens for him. So he's kind of moving his way up there as uh, in the group of you know young American golfers uh, who's who's won two majors now. So that's that's pretty exciting, um, but. The, I think the real winner of the weekend was the golf course. The golf course definitely if you, won. If you followed uh, the scores at all, but but uh, Kepka won with a plus one, <laughs> yeah. one over par. Yeah. So when the course or the conditions are like this, uh, Marlon, is it fun for you to watch the pro golfers struggle and get frustrated like <laughs> this? Because we saw a lot of people, we'll talk about one in specific in a moment, <laughs> but we saw a lot of professional golfers really frustrated does it does it do you kind of feel with them and be like hey this is what it's like when i golf like <laughs> no it's nice to see that no
0: no not at all because y- you don't sit down to watch pro athletes suck like you don't yeah. watch it to be like you you watch them to do great things you know yeah. um so it so yes it, i don't want to watch that because it's not entertaining like there wasn't there was a from what i've seen and what i've heard there's not there hasn't been many of those like great shots you know yeah because uh, a great shot was parring in this right. court, yeah. Uh, this course. So, yeah, it was it was kind of tough, and a lot of it after I was out after, um, Tiger's triple bogey in his first hole on <laughs> Thursday. But I saw everything around the internet complaining around, uh, you know, complaining about the course. Um, I saw them actually talk about it on before they kicked off today about yeah. how embarrassed or something they were of the course, and that's cool too. But it's also like. You guys are professionals. Yeah. I mean, granted, like, if me and you (laughs) went on this course, what would we shoot? (laughs) All right. (laughs) It would be anything. But, you know, get your stuff together. And everyone, I guess everyone has to play the same conditions. But, yeah, it's not fun to watch. Like, you know what I would equivalent it to? Yeah. It would be like watching, whenever you watch, like, a football game in, like, just awful mud where no one can do anything. Yeah. And it's like, this sucks.
1: (laughs) That's good. I was going to equate it to... If you're watching the NBA and all of a sudden they're playing like 13-foot hoops. Yeah. <laughs> it's like people yeah. can't dunk anymore. Yeah. And like they're just chucking up bricks and it's like, well, but, you know, it's 33 to 31. It's like, well, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not really the same game anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I like uh, the struggle to a degree, but I think this was too much. And I think when we... Uh, talked about the talking about the conditions and what the USGA came out and said today about how they uh, kind of essentially on Saturday had a big oops and designed the course too hard um, and I think the issue with that was that the wind picked up during the day on Saturday and caused what was a tough course to be nearly impossible and you saw the score average uh, between the early golfers which Brooks Kepka was a member of and i think he had a minus 4 he was four under on saturday and the leaders who golf later in the day and the wind and the conditions that they faced um they averaged something like five or six over the last uh, six groups or something like that so like the average scoring went way up so it was really unfair to the players who had uh, had the lead on saturday going into saturday so i think that's what was uh, i guess most disappointing is that and i think we going back and we talked about this when we talked about skiing and that like you know because people love us when we talk about skiing is that it's really weird when the conditions affect the game that much and normally a course will be set up in a whatever the conditions to be to provide an equal challenge to all golfers and it didn't seem like we got that on saturday And i think that's what the usga GA was kind of embarrassed or apologizing about um and what was really unfair to in my I guess in my mind uh, Dustin Johnson who was the leader uh, going into Saturday had a couple shot lead and and gave that all back uh, because he had those tougher conditions. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, didn't, I didn't expect to go on that long about it. I guess <laughs> I was a little more bothered by it than I thought. <laughs> but someone else who was bothered by it was your was your boy Phil.
0: Uh, Phil, did you could take the Did heat. you see this?
1: Phil Mickelson, I think it was the thirteenth hole. Um, putted uh, essentially downhill and it was later described that uh, the hill was kind of, the hole was kind of on top of this little hill and if you hit it over it's it's going down uh, quite a ways and he did what I'm sure any golfer has done while not on TV and just golfing <laughs> at their local uh, country club ran after the ball and stopped it before it rolled off the green <laughs> and then putted it back at the hole <laughs> it was uh it was something amazing, and I think the best part about it was uh the announcers and the uh, I guess golf media putchy, uh,
0: excuse yeah. me, clutching their pearls about this <laughs> like, so oh my God. Joe, Joe Buck's reaction was crazy. I've never seen anything like this, and, <laughs> and yeah, and every golf pundit just you know basically wants to behead Phil Nicholson oh, <laughs> for doing it on the course, and i, I It is,
1: you know, outside of all of the rules and everything, and it was like a two-stroke penalty. Uh, But they showed uh, today what would have happened if his ball had kept rolling. (laughs) Oh, no, didn't they? So he putted from – it was like six or eight feet away. And so the guy uh, did a simulation and hit it similar to how Mickelson did, and it rolled past the hole, and it rolled like 25 yards away where he would have to chip – over a bunker, <laughs> he would have kept going. So he's like screwed up taking the two shots, and uh, I think to an extent it was kind of like a little bit of a, a screw you to the um, you know USGA yeah, for yep. for the course and how tough it was. Um, but I thought it was I thought it was clever. So then today I don't I don't know if you saw this. Uh, he made a similar distance putt. Uh, it was eh, maybe it was a little bit closer, but like a six foot putt on thirteen. And, like, raised his arms up in the air like he had just won the tournament. And like, <laughs> yes, I did it. And all the fans were clapping and cheering. And I'm like, this has to piss everybody off.
0: Oh, and he did God. this.
1: But the fans loved it. It was
0: so great. Phil being Phil. All right. Yeah, that's the uh, – and I was talking golf. Yeah, that was the the U.S. Open. We'll
1: see you again at uh,
0: – what is the players next?
1: Uh, whatever the next yeah, major is. The British is next. Day. Okay.
0: And then that's when Tiger's going to be back, right?
1: Any day now. Any day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, we're gonna read into our mailbag uh, quick here. We have a question from one of our listeners. Thank you very much. Um oh you wanna take it, Casey? You take it. Yeah,
1: it was uh
0: what uh what was a bigger World Cup
1: snub? Uh Leroy Sane uh from Germany or uh Nangalan from Belgium. And when I initially uh, saw this and, and, and was uh, Thinking through my answer I thought Nangalan would be the bigger snub Because uh, of the Role he would play within the Belgium team uh, He's a a You know, real uh, Feisty, ball-winning midfielder uh, and, and can then Go on the attack, and I thought that would be Something that Belgium Could benefit from And Germany had so many attacking Options that they wouldn't really miss Leroy Sané because they have almost historic levels of depth at that winger position. But then they go out and they lose 1-0 to Mexico today. (laughs) So I'm going to switch what my original answer was and say Leroy Sané because uh, Germany, against a team who scored a a surprise counterattack against them and just sat back, could have used some attacking creativity, and I think Sané could have given that to them. So that is
0: who I would... As always... We slacked in the uh, mailbag last week. There's a lot going on. Uh, we're going to keep it going. So if you have questions, feel free to hit us on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, and, yeah, and we'll get your, we'll your shout-out on, on the next show. All right, moving on. We are coming back to e-sports.
1: eSports. eSports,
0: eSports. eSports. We had E3 this past week, which is where all the video game stuff happened. Did you pay attention to it at all?
1: I uh, followed along on some of the announcements. I think, uh, I don't have any real specific comment on any any specific game, but my favorite thing is people who lose their minds. (laughs) Yes, yes. Like grown adults lose their minds over the announcement of a game or, you know, the new saga in the next whatever series. And I think it's- We have a new Halo.
0: Oh my God.
1: Yeah, yeah, the new Halo trailer that didn't show any actually
0: actual game footage <laughs> yes. that people are all excited they about. do that every time with halo they just like play the little Ooh, yeah and everyone just loses it and they just put up like halo 27 and everyone goes crazy so.
1: yeah it's it, it's uh so funny uh the reactions that they get uh <laughs> but i think halo was kind of the the big announcement um Nintendo had announced uh, Super Smash Bros. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 was announced. Um, and there was a uh, Fallout. Uh, I don't know if it's an expansion. I didn't really, I, I guess that, but another uh, part of the Fallout series was announced. So I know a lot of people were excited about that. So uh, as always, it seems like some exciting things are coming out in, in the games. Uh, I don't think uh, anything that I'll necessarily play, but uh, some things that I know a lot of our, our fellow fans are excited about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then at E3, we had the Fortnite Pro Am. Yeah, which was huge. I had like fifty teams or whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, but my my favorite part is like, you know, everyone knows Ninja, but all these other gamers that you know a lot of other people know, they didn't say any. They would never say anything about them. But like the people, their the the people that the, they partnered with, yeah. they gave them their whole bio. So it's like, oh. Uh Paul George. He's the NBA All Star on the Thunder. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. but I mean, it, just, it just goes <laughs> to show you like the different he's, world.
1: He's playing with you know. <laughs> yeah, he's playing with pro myth. gamer. Yeah, he's playing with myth. like. And yeah, yeah it's just oh, he's like, played with Smith.
0: Yeah, I don't, Oh yeah, you do know him. Well, okay. let do I don't like closer. know him, but I know he is. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but thought, they got some big. They got some big. They had some big like stars on both sides. Uh, on the gamer side, and in the world of sports and, and acting and entertainment, um, playing a little game, a little ma- or lo- uh, large tournament of Fortnite, which was entertaining. I watched part of it.
1: Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was well done, uh, and I thought just kind of from a taking a step back standpoint, a really neat thing to see, kind of this crossover of, you know, athletes, uh, actors, actresses. Um, you know, what have you, kind of the more mainstream um, culture crossover with uh, video games. And I, I think it shows kind of the uh, the reach that Fortnite has had um, and its popularity uh, to kind of non-traditional uh, gamers that you, you would, uh, when you normally think of that. Uh, so I think it's a great sign for Fortnite and I think it's a great sign for kind of the esports community to have that kind of uh, outside of reach outside of their normal uh normal fan base
0: yeah and the pairings were amazing i think the most just on paper like the most odd like pairing is uh the uh, two b and frags with little Yachi, little Yachi, <laughs> <laughs> uh but i could go on and on but um yeah it was it was pretty cool um I don't even, because Fortnite isn't, it doesn't have a league yet, which is surprising, but it is obviously very popular.
1: It doesn't have a league. They are putting together tournaments. They do uh, Friday night tournaments right now, um, where I think the prize pool is like 20,000. At least it's been every Friday, last couple of Fridays. I don't know if it's in perpetuity that that's going to happen, but I don't know. Uh, It's a game, you know, with the Battle Royale format, I don't know that they can necessarily do teams like they can in Dota or League of Legends or Overwatch where you have kind of these shared objectives and, and you form a team. This one's a much more individual type game, so I don't know exactly how that would how that would look if you do a team, but there are these tournaments that have been set up and it's been pretty interesting to watch kind of the formats develop uh in, in, in teams and that sort of thing go uh with the game. So we'll continue I think we'll continue to see these tournaments and I don't know if a league as we kind of traditionally think of it uh in you know general sports but in esports in specific is
0: where Fortnite could go but we'll we'll see. All right. Yep. All right. So the they kind of wrapped up E3 in our in their esports segment. Um man, we got really nerdy there. That was good. <laughs> we started with soccer and kind of in with esports. Um Coming up, uh, just closing out. I think you know this week we got the NBA draft, so we'll get back to that uh, a little bit. Obviously, yep. the World Cup uh, continues on. Little thing on the NBA draft. I I'm hearing a lot, a lot that if Trey Young falls to the Bulls, they're going to take him, mm. and then everyone's telling everybody that that <laughs> is going to be the biggest bust of the draft. <laughs> yeah. So, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll get reactions. We'll get. You might, I might record a live reaction. We'll see what happens. Oh boy! Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, besides that, oh, oh, we gotta say what's up to Tennessee Tech baseball. Yeah, they uh, ended up losing in the super regional to Texas. uh well, they're also close to the, world, to the college world series, but it was a good season nonetheless. And still waiting for our swag to come, I guess, in the mail. <laughs> but congratulations on the on a great season, fellas.
1: Yeah, it was a fun bandwagon to to jump on uh, and, and
0: follow them through uh,
1: their their win streak, and then you know, obviously through uh, their road to almost the World Cup, the World Cup, or the world Cup <laughs> baseball, college baseball, World Series.
0: All right, that should do it for this week. Um, happy Father's Day, everyone. Stay safe, Casey. You have any last words? Uh,
1: just everyone take in as much world cup as you can uh it it will be here for a month but then it'll be gone for four uh four years if you don't have a team yet go back and listen to our podcast we put out last wednesday uh pick a team uh or just root for good matchups and watch the, the good teams when they play each other um but as always uh i hope your favorite sports your favorite teams wins all the sports